0: Podcast for geeks by geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland.
1: Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks i'm your host my name is chris lockhart and i am joined by one of my co-hosts in crime mr kevin decent how's it going kevin
2: it's going well chris um i've it's so much going on You know, i'm glad that we're recording this and i am also
1: glad i'm recording this with uh some heat in my house yes yeah, so i was gonna ask you did you you got <laughs> you managed to get that going you, you had to wait for somebody
2: yeah, yeah so um you know uh for listeners, Chris and I are, are friends on Facebook, so you mm-hmm. know we're we're seeing each other's posts, and uh, I, I was keeping people up to date on that. I, I worried my mom quite a lot. I had to give her a call about it. Uh, so Tuesday, the Tuesday night of the week we're recording this, yeah, um, I, I was sitting here and I I felt a cold breeze. And I thought, uh, you know, like how sometimes your windows can slide. Yep. You know, and often there's a crack or something. So I'm, I'm going around. I was like, "Where's that coming from?" I couldn't figure it out. And it was getting cold outside. I thought, "All right, there's there's just a draft somewhere in the house. I'll, I'll find it out." kind it. I just kind of sat down. Wasn't worried about it. And you know, I'm sitting here thinking, "Geez, it must be really cold outside because I'm getting really cold in my house." Yeah. And finally, I went. I went. Past the right vent at the right time, and it was nothing but cold air coming out. I thought, you gotta be kidding me. So I checked every vent in my place. It's all not cold air, but it's operating as a fan. So yeah, it's only, you know, but it, yeah, it's circulating cold air though, because that's all that there is right now. And I go to check my thermostat, and I think at that point it was 55 Fahrenheit and dropping. Mm. And I had it set at 70. Yeah. So I thought, all right, what the heck's going on? Uh, so I'm I'm in a split house. I have the whole upstairs. Someone else has the whole downstairs. Yep. So I went all the way down in the basement to check the furnace. I'm checking the filters. I'm checking the pilot light. I'm checking the breaker panels. Everything. Nothing. You know, everything's fine. I, I uh, knock on her door. I check her thermostat and everything. She's got hot air. Everything's fine. And at this point, um, I have random friends that have uh hvac experience that are messaging me stuff okay and someone you know someone says uh did you replace your filter i said yeah my my filter is in the ceiling they said why is it in the ceiling if your furnace is in the basement like i don't know that's just you you know as far as i know that's where my filter is i've you know changed all the time and they said, if your filter's in your ceiling, then there should be something above your ceiling. Is there a crawl space, an attic, anything? I said, yeah, there's a crawl space, but I've never in the entire time I've lived here had to go up into it. Yeah. I said, why, yeah. why don't you check it out? So I, I built a scaffolding out of my dining room chairs. Yeah. To, <laughs> opened the hatch for a crawl space. And sure enough, there's a whole separate furnace unit up there. Huh. By now it's 1230 at night, though. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, one, I don't have the experience. Two, no one's awake for me to call anyways. Yeah. So I said, screw it. I just need to build a blanket fort and go to bed. Uh, Called a property management thing in the morning. It took some phone calls back and forth, phone calls with the heating company back and forth. They were finally here sometime between one and two. And it turned out (sighs) that unit in the attic overheated and shut off, which is what it's Mm. supposed to do. Yeah. You know, it's... So did it happen because it's the first time I used it for the winter? Did the, you know, was there something clogging it up? Does it need to be replaced? Like who knows? But either way, um, they got working again and, uh, they taught me how to get it started again. If it does happen again. Perfect. So That's I'm good. like, all right. I, yeah. I, I know what to do now. I'm hoping it doesn't happen. And yeah, it turned out to be an easy thing, but I didn't know what it was. I'm not going to mm-hmm. screw around with that kind of stuff and make it no. worse. No. You know, um, but yeah, for about 24 hours there, it, temperature just kept dropping in this place. Yeah. Again, worse and worse.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, that's never fun. It always seems, yeah, like when, when, it, when you need it, that's when it crap's out. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This, this fall was the first year I've had my furnace, like, cleaned uh where i or i like normally i would just grab you know i have a shop vac i just do you know do it myself that type of thing but you know i keep seeing these every fall they put these like leaflets in the local newspaper about the you know this uh furnace cleaning company and blah 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 i was like you know what i'm gonna do it this year and i'm glad i did because i mean i've been in this house for 15 years i've never done it and he and he cleaned all my ducts and everything and and my furnace and he did sur- did a service on my furnace and um and actually yeah showed me where you know i should uh put be putting filters and stuff um because I just put the filter in my furnace, I never actually thought to put the filter like at the fresh air vents and stuff like that mm mm-hmm. uh so he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, do that, and you you know, it just makes sense. You're not going to get anything, you know, sucked into your furnace." So I'm like, yeah, you're right. And um, I actually had a belt changed out a couple of years. No, last year actually, I blew a belt in my furnace, and thankfully, the guy that we had the time before that left an extra belt for me. So oh. I got into the, I got into that habit. So as soon as I put that belt on, I went out and bought another belt and I got it hanging there just in case because yeah it always seems like when it you know when it's the coldest that's when you know things are happening and yeah like it's getting colder where you're at in New York and um in like in western Canada and even where where Lillian is like she got snow which I don't think they normally get um and I know, like here, like I, I mean, I, we're just, we're just a bunch of wimps here, um, because we had a really nice October, like unseasonably warm, for the most part. So when we started getting snow in November, we're like, oh my god, you know, winter's here. It's so bad, and it's actually, nah, it's act. We've actually had it a lot worse. It's just we're not climatized to it currently. But uh, yeah, we had a blast of winter there last week. And it was a lot of fun at work because we had, a, you know, I worked at a plant facility and, and we had uh, a lot of lines freeze and break and uh, just just a pain in the butt.
2: No, and um, up north of me in New York, uh, a storm's coming over from Buffalo that so they're expecting a, a foot or two to be coming down. Yikes. And just the way the topography is, I won't get it at all where I am. Oh, that's good. So it's yeah, and, and and today actually during my my commute to work, um, my kids' uh school was on a two-hour delay when I woke up. By the time I was on my way to work, they were closed for the day. I couldn't see a block in front of me. I drifted through a stoplight like nasty Oof. first thing in the morning. Yeah, and then halfway in my way to work, it's completely clear and you can see every blade of grass. Oh wow! I, it was just so weird how. It,
1: all lined up there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, for this evening, it's just Kevin and I, uh, unfortunately Lillian and Ragnar cannot be here this week. Uh, so we're just going to be recording geek fallout this, this week. So we'll, we'll be back probably in a couple weeks with pop culture pub. Um, our topic is more conspiracy theories. So we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories on the pop culture pub. Um, I'm calling it More Conspiracy Theories, because I think we've done a Conspiracy Theories episode. I, You know, I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't get Podbean to load or something. I don't know. So I just call it More Conspiracy Theories, because I figure at some point in my podcasting career, I did that topic. I know I did that topic somewhere along the way, but, but for tonight, we're doing news and discussion. So, Kevin, uh, before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about what's going on over at Twitter.
2: Oh, oh my God, it's a mess. All right, let me... Uh, I, it's not dead yet, <laughs> it's, it's getting close. Uh, let me see if I can find the one I was just looking at here. Um, okay. Uh, uh, hundreds of... T- this is a culture crave mm-hmm. that i it on. Um, hundreds of Twitter employees have resigned ahead of the, quote, extremely hardcore cultural reset of the company Elon Musk was scrambling to try and get top engineers to stay remaining employees expect the platform to start breaking soon um the number of Twitter resignations today is over a thousand wow yeah uh some teams such as the engineering team are completely gone um some of the employees still that resign still have access to Twitter systems though. So where was, uh, let me see. Uh, cause then Elon Musk closed, uh, he closed the offices. Okay. Uh, Twitter alerted employees that effective immediately. All office buildings are temporary closed and badge access is suspended uh the current rumor is this is because elon musk and his team uh don't are terrified are terrified employees are going to sabotage the the company and they're still trying to figure out who still works there because they don't know who they can still allow access to because they're firing so many people they have the offices closed until November twenty first, <clears throat> so no one's there until what Monday. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So no one's there. So they fired. They fired a ton of people. A bunch more people have resigned. They don't know who's there and who's not there. So they've just shut the doors, huh. and that's just today.
1: <laughs> Interesting. So,
2: yeah, I got. Um, yeah, people, so, um, lots of people are posting their Facebook and Instagram links. Um, Mastodon, which I, I tried earlier today. I cannot figure that thing out at all. And I I think it's just being overwhelmed. I think so many people are looking for a new social media. Which one is that? Is that Trump's Mastodon? No, no. Um, it's, it's like an, it's like an open source code kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um... So you go and you pick up a server that you want to use. Like if ever if you've ever seen a kid sign up for Minecraft and they need to access a certain server to be able to play on there, okay, it's kind of like that. It's you know okay this server can run you know a uh, thousand people getting on here, and as soon as that's full, you need to wait for another one that has room. You know, that's my best guess here. Okay. But then once you're on it, you can access. Everyone on there, hmm. but it's looking like they are just so overwhelmed right now. Yeah, that you can't sign up. Um, I saw another one that was uh, co-host, and I haven't been able to figure that one out yet either. From so, yeah.
0: hmm,
2: yeah, I, I it, yeah, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I'm just like.
1: I, I kind of want MySpace back, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to, uh, one of the things I was going to talk about, and I, I'll just tie it in with this. Um, I seen uh, a news article saying that Facebook lost over $600 billion between February and November. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Like $600 billion? That's That's mind-blowing. Uh, I-
2: no, and I mean, like, one to to be a bit jaded here. Um, I think if we learned anything during the pandemic,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, money money's not real at yeah. all. So, you know that them saying, "Oh, we lost billions of dollars," that you know, if you or I lost a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars, like that's real and that mm-hmm. hurts. Yeah them losing a billion is not real money at all. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter to them. Um, you know, the, it, it, it seems like the more money you have, the less money matters to these people, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that, but what it is really, um, and this is part of the Twitter thing too is the investors for it because that's where they're making their money,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, for their employees and their servers and, you know, the uh, the data and bandwidth and, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, I don't know if you saw the what happened with the $8 verified check mark and people claiming that they were different companies. I don't know Ye- if you saw
1: that happen. Yeah, and different people, yeah.
2: Yeah, so one was like uh, some sort of drug company that someone made a, an alternate one for. And they posted, uh, as of today, insulin is completely free, uh, uh you know, which was not the official drug company, but because yeah. there was a blue check mark and because it looked real, people thought it was. And then they took a massive stock hit, mm-hmm. like millions, if not billions of dollars stock hit from that post. And there were two or three other companies that people thought it was the actual company tweeting that out. Because it's got a check mark that someone paid eight dollars for, yep, and just hanking them. So yeah, once you've pissed off your investors, that's
0: it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I have seen um, something with the blue check mark close to home here. Uh, my beloved Edmonton Oilers um, are number one player, probably the, arguably the the best player in the NHL right now, Connor McDavid. Someone made a Twitter profile as Connor McDavid had the blue check mark, and he said that uh, you know he was tired of being in, in Edmonton and he was being traded to the New York Islanders. Um, and as you can imagine, that created quite the uproar in the the Edmonton Oilers uh, fan community here. Uh, I'm sure the New York Islanders were hoping it was true, but. Um, it, it, it wasn't true but yeah, you know, anyone can you know, take a name and. but then yeah, I heard Elon was like clamping down on people that were doing that and I don't know, just a just a big mess and uh, like with uh, Facebook losing like, yeah, 600 uh, billion dollars um, a lot of it, I guess, is like ad revenue and like, you know, supposedly people aren't joining Facebook, like, people are actually leaving Facebook faster than, than people are joining it, and I know, like, my daughter's been saying for years that Facebook's for old people, so, um, (laughs) I guess all the young are on the Snapchat and, and everything else, like, I, I tried Snapchat, and I, I couldn't figure it out, I was like, I must be old now, because, like, I don't understand this, and I don't want to learn, um, I like Facebook. Like, I've always liked Facebook. Um, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like, uh, you know, like when the algorithm was getting people to fight, which I really do believe was happening, because I noticed Facebook is a lot less, there's a lot less conflict on there now, uh, since they changed it all. But. Oh, that was absolutely on purpose.
2: There was, uh, some whistleblower for them. Yep. That said, uh. In, in their research, if people are fighting, they're, they're on Facebook longer. Therefore, they're seeing more ads. So mm-hmm. the advertisers wanted them to stay. Um, so yeah, we're going to put the uh, the negative stuff to the top of your feed. So then you get pissed off and you start arguing with people. Now you're on Facebook more and seeing the ads. And they did it on purpose because they were making more money on it. Okay, yep. all you're doing though is getting, you know, people worse and worse with each other and and fighting with each other and building conflict and all and not benefiting the world at all, just benefiting you know, your um, financial bottom line.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, right. well, uh, moving on uh, from the social (laughs) social media thing. Um, Recently uh, we just uh, had the thirtieth anniversary of the death of Superman um, mm-hmm. which for some reason i i I remember it being in the spring, but i I guess it wasn't um, but uh yeah, and some people have said that that is the moment that killed the comic book sales so, like it 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 was the end of the comic boom that we saw in the early nineties. <clears throat> because, um, you know, like this, this, you know, the death of Superman um, got international attention. Like, I remember um, my local uh, news channel was covering this, um, you know, and they're going to comic book stores and showing people in line to get their, you know, like their copy of the death of Superman and all that kind of stuff. and And we all kind of knew, like all of us, you know, hardened comic book people knew, like, there's no way they're going to, you know, DC's top two comic books uh, characters are Batman and Superman. There's no way they're going to kill off Superman. Like, uh, you know, but, you know, their general public didn't know that, and it created this, you know, kind of like a backlash, like when uh, Clark Kent did come back. So, uh, but I mean, some good came out of it. You know, like, I, I really like uh, the character of Steel. Uh, he's one of my favorite uh, um, DC characters. I, I actually have an action figure of him on my shelf I'm looking at right now. Um, and, yeah, it, you know, it uh, created some uh, some interesting stories. And, and uh, as a comic book uh, uh, reader, I... I Didn't think anything of it. Um, I didn't get into that, you know, going to the comic book store and buying, like, a 100 copies. I never fell into that. I remember, um, I think it was, like, 2010, I found a copy at our used uh, bookstore that we used to have here in town. And it was, like, in, like, good condition and everything. I was like, holy crap. And they were selling it for, I think, like, $10. And I thought, I hit the jackpot. I'm like, holy shit, that's like the death of Superman. I've never, You know, I haven't seen that in years. Um, so I picked it up, and then I took it home, and then I um, checked it out to see what it was worth, and it was worth what I paid for it, $10.
0: Um,
1: so I was like, shit. Here, I thought it was one of those, uh, you know, Antiques show moments where it'd be, you know, it's worth $100,000, and I paid $10 for it. Um, but uh, no, I you know I got fond memories of the the death of Superman, and um, and I'm loving the the, the artwork that uh, they've been throwing out there lately with it, and uh, yeah, you know, a, a pivotal moment in uh, comic book s- sales history, if not comic book history, because like I said, th- this wasn't the first time Superman died, and and I know. Uh, Harlan Ellison, he did a sci-fi buzz commentary on this, like where he had like 10 different examples where Superman died previously um, or something like that. But uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on the the 30th anniversary of the death of Superman? So uh,
2: funny thing is one of my friends has uh, a Patreon for his podcast, Mm -hmm. Um, and they, as an exclusive Patreon content, go through the previous catalogs from uh, 20 years ago. Oh, cool. Or sorry, 30 years ago. Um, So we are going through the Death of Superman solicits in the previous catalog right now. Hmm. And they're bringing up all these facts and all these things that we forgot, and and they're talking to their local uh, comic book um, store owner for things. And it's very interesting, you know, because the way we remember it is not quite right. You know, it's just the way that our memories have changed for it. Yeah. So, at the time, Superman had four titles going on. And this was the triangle numbering where, like, it's Action Comics 600, but it's also the 25th issue of the year. Yep. which Between all four comics. Yeah. You know, so, there were two numbers on them. And... Three of them were in the bottom of the top 100 selling comics. The fourth didn't even make the top 100. So maybe 101 or something, you know, huh. like no one cared about Superman. This is, you know, you said it's uh, I, I think it's the peak and the start of the end of the speculator era of, of comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because in, image had already happened and X-Force number one and okay. X-Men number one, like all that stuff had happened. This death of Superman was huge and then I think people when they realized they weren't going to be making you know become millionaires off of this is when people started leaving and taking their money elsewhere but meanwhile stores are stuck with ordering you know a thousand copies of something mm-hmm. um, for the Superman ones they, uh, on the show they're talking to the realtor and he said yes yeah, Superman was in the bottom of my list so I get this preview that, Oh, something's happening. Okay. We're going to kill Superman. And I may have ordered twice what I ordered. Usually three times. We're still talking like not that many though. Yeah. And then it was, when it came out or when I was about to, it was a slow news week in the United States. They're looking for anything to put on TV. And they're like, Oh, they're killing Superman. Let's do a story about that. And that brought everyone in and made it a huge thing. I know I had a pull list in ninety two, but I also feel like maybe their comics got delayed or because I wasn't a Superman subscriber, I I wasn't allowed one of them. You know, like I went to subscribers first. Uh I know I have all of them. I have the black um weeping S polybag one and I have the and I have the newsstand one. And it wouldn't shock me if I ended up with another one from someone's collection along the way. I love this story. The story is really cool and really great i I absolutely enjoyed it and uh listening to the the comic writers for what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. I really think the people that were writing Superman at the time loved Superman and they said if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it right. It's not gonna be one issue stunt it's gonna be it's gonna matter and you had. Many issues of the fight of Superman doomsday mm-hmm. and you bring in his entire world, your justice leagues in there, Lois is in there, Jimmy's in there, you know, Mon pocket, like the whole Superman world is in there and a part of it. Uh, one of the cool things they did is the panels got less and less per page. Yep. As it went on. So four panels page, three panels page, two, and then Superman 75 is every page is a giant splash page, one panel thing for the fight. Yep. So they, that was supposed to be like their count, countdown to doomsday, which is kind of cool. And then you had, you know, Superman didn't come back like the next month. You had funeral for a friend for a month, maybe two. Yep. And then you had reign of the Superman with four new Superman stand-ins coming in. And are any of them actual Superman? You know, what's happening here? So it was probably a year before we got classic Superman back, but you had a long story of. Grief and sacrifice, and you know, adapting to the this new world, and what do we do without him, and all like it mattered. It was yeah. really cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking back at the other stuff that I bought back then. Uh, DC has, because uh, DC owns the Wildstorm stuff now, because Jim Lee's in charge mm-hmm. of DC, and he just brought it all with him. Yeah. So they have like a, a 30th anniversary of Wildcats coming out. Yes. I bought Wildcats. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about that. I'd have to think really hard to remember team names or, or, or character names for it, even yep. though I bought the whole series back then. Yep. But I can tell you tons of stuff from Death to Superman though. Because the story mattered.
0: Yep. Well,
2: Kids just like, oh, yeah, I remember that being very pretty. You know, seen with a young blood. Well, I want to say pretty for life, but, you know, yeah. I, I, yep. I was caught up in the hype of it, but i could tell you details right now there you know i bought them but i couldn't tell you stuff but i i can tell you stuff that was in like the justice league parts of the doomsday superman story you know i can try certain panels and and sequences that happened in there that it was incredible i had i had family members asking me oh my you know what's going on what's happening uh, when I ended up finding it, I had to bring it over. Um, well, yeah, so it was 30 years ago, I probably brought it over for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, so people could flip through. Everyone was curious about it. it, it it's Superman, yep, you know, and
0: we, we
2: know because it happened a couple years ago with uh, Captain America's Death in comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, Captain America's Death, the like It's a chapter of a story, yep, yeah. and people aren't used to I mean, we're used to it comics but people who don't read comics aren't used to getting a chapter and have to wait. The best example I can give them if if they read enough and if they remember is when Stephen King released The Green Mile as a novella like whoa, yep. it wasn't once a month or something yep. before it's all collected. Like okay you got got 100 pages of the story then you had to wait for the rest. I said that's what comics are. So
0: yeah Captain
2: America just got killed in chapter five but it's a chapter story. He's yeah, probably gonna be back by then. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah, Superman is dead here, and will probably be back, but we don't know when or how or how long. Yeah, and that's gonna be the interesting part of the story. But for the speculators, which there were a ton of comic book speculators at the time, and for you know, I mean, we had CNN, but we didn't have the twenty-four hour news cycle like we do now. Mm-hmm. So most people are watching their news at like six thirty-seven, you know, whatever, watching the national news going. Oh my gosh! What an interesting thing! I need, uh, uh, the the one that kills me. I didn't even know they still made comic books. Yeah. Let me go find one.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Like I said, I I kind of remember. I thought it was in the spring, but I guess that would have been like the reign of Superman that that came. Um. And then and then when he did come back, we had like the the black suit. Uh, you know with the yep. silver logo and the and the mullet Superman. Um you know he look he looked like a hockey player. He looked like a hockey player, you know, pra- you know in his practice jersey. So it was it was pretty cool. Okay. Um I'll give you that. But uh yeah, no and 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 another another thing to remember, uh, you know, for people who may not know, is at the time DC actually got bumped to third place for the first time in its history. Um because it yeah. it, went, it went Marvel image and then DC and that never ha- like D, you know as much as we love Marvel, DC was on top for most of their rivalry. You know, like DC was always like the sure thing. So for DC to get bumped to third that was like a huge deal at the time, so they had to do something. So they, were, you know, like they were like, "What, what, what are we going to do? We got to do something." And and it worked. You know, it got people speculating. It got people buying the book. Uh, un- the unfortunate thing is, yeah, like with the publicity that it generated, um, you got a bunch of people who were not your typical comic book people buying this, you know, in mass, expecting to, you know. It, you know, one day it'll be like Action Comics number one. It's going to be worth millions of dollars. And it's like, no. There's a reason why Action Comics is worth, number one is worth, you know, so much money. It's because it was rare, you know. Uh, a lot of them are, were destroyed, and there, it didn't have a huge print run. Um, Whereas this, like, yeah, like, you know, some comic book stores had, like, boxes and boxes. Um and yeah it's it's crazy to think the the sales shirts because even back then leading up to this i i i read superman back then like that was actually um one of the comic book characters that i kind of followed at the time um so yeah it, it it's crazy to think that you know he wasn't you know his sales weren't as solid as we remember them to be because yeah you know i just remember superman was always on the rack so that you know that's why i got them but i mean you know i also collected x-men at the time and um yeah i was into you know the wild storm or not wild storm but image Comics stuff in particular the wild storm stuff but um yeah so it's just crazy it's been 30 years um but uh, yeah you know uh, a, g- a great moment in in uh, comic book history oh for sure yeah um all right well I have a couple more things uh kev did you have anything else you wanted to throw out there in the, the news section before I get to mine
2: um go ahead for yours because it, it there's probably a crossover for stuff
1: okay. So, so this
2: based on other methods
1: we've um, had. So this is more of an in memoriam uh, yeah. part. Um, so first up, uh, comic book artist Carlos Pachenko uh, passed away November 9th from ALS at the age of sixty. Um, for me, he, he you know like he's done a number of different uh, titles, but for me. Probably what I remember him uh, most was uh, the twelve issue uh, miniseries Avengers Forever that he did with Kurt Busiek uh, in the late nineties. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy, uh, you know, sixty years old. That he, you know, that is not very old, but um, I'm not sure when he was diagnosed with ALS, but uh, uh, yeah, it, I guess as soon as you get it, it's just a matter of time and. You know, it's, it's too bad, you know, um, uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on, uh, Carlos Pachinko? Oh, I mean, absolutely stunning
2: artist. Um, you know, he's got Marvel, he's got DC work, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Some, yep. you know, uh, iconic images. There's a X-Men image that I know was a poster for years. It's, you know, pretty much like every X-Men that existed at the time. Um, Avengers Forever was huge. Such a big story. And really, like, you know, pre-Avengers Forever, I think the only other person you could think of to bring on and draw all the Avengers was George Perez. Mm -hmm. But then here here comes Carlos there and knocks it out of the park. Um, There's a... uh, where is it? I'm trying to find it again.
1: Well and the thing is um, like uh oh. and Perez's uh, run on the on Avengers the main title was running concurrently with Avengers Forever, so um I think Busiek said that like he's like I, I wanted George to do Avengers Forever, but I didn't want to take him off the main book, so I had to find somebody and you know, Carlos Pachenko was you know who I asked and and and, and it worked.
2: Um, I I found it, this is one of my favorite things for it, Um, you know, with everyone tweeting for his death, Yep. uh, he would always draw Superman looking down, like, as Superman's flying, he's not looking, he's looking down, because he's not looking forward at the sky, he's looking down on the, the earth, watching over people and taking care of them and looking to help. Yep. There's no point for him looking forward in the sky. That's not what he's up there for. He's up there to fly around and see who he can help. So when Carlos would draw Superman, he would flying, he's drawing him looking down on the surface. I'm like, that's such a small Mm -hmm. thing. Really, that's a small change from other artists, but that means so much and makes so much sense. Yeah. And it's beautiful, too.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, uh, he was 60 years old, and he had ALS, um, so he will be missed. He was was a fantastic artist. Um, And then also in the Memoriam segment, uh, this is another big one, uh, Kevin Conroy. Uh, He's, you know, probably known best as being the voice of Batman. Um, And for Batman the Animated Series, um, he did a number of subsequent spin-offs. He's done, you know, the Batman voice in games. He actually did a live appearance as Bruce Wayne in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover that they did on the WB um, in an episode. That was one of the few episodes I actually watched. I watched that Batgirl, probably the only episode of Batgirl action, aside from the pilot that I watched, uh, because he was in it. And um, when they had Tom Welling on a, on another episode, I watched that. But it was, it was so cool seeing him play a live action Bruce Wayne, even though he was kind of a bad guy, I guess. Um, he unfortunately he passed away. November 10th from cancer, and he was 66 years old. Um, so yeah, for you know, the better part of you know, 30 years, like, yeah, around the time when uh, uh, Death of Superman was going on, Batman the animated series was kicking off, and and uh, he was the voice, and I think he was the one that started the. The, you know the the trend of having two different vo- you know batman has his batman voice and then bruce wayne has his bruce wayne voice um mm-hmm. that never, that really wasn't a thing um prior to that like michael keaton did it a little bit but not not you know to the extent that kevin conroy did it uh and then of course yeah like you had uh uh Christian Bale and and uh, you know others that followed who who um you know took Kevin Conroy's lead in that respect to the, to the you know the voice differences um but yeah talented uh, voice actor he, I know he's done other voices of course uh he also he was on a he was on an 80s sitcom I can't remember what it was called I seen a picture I was like huh you know, that'd be kinda of cool to see. Um But yeah, aside from being a voice actor, he's also an actor. And what he was roommates with somebody, wasn't he? Like wasn't I'm trying to think who he was roommates. Was he roommates with Robin Williams or something? Or Oh shit, maybe. Um Um I, I gotta look at I'm gonna Google it. But Kevin, what what are your thoughts on Kevin Conroy? So,
2: his run is. as wait, hang on. He uh, he was, he was rumors, or he was roommates with Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and
1: and at one point with Christopher Reeve as well. Well, I know Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams were really good friends. I think he was. Yeah, in that circle.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, so Kevin Conroy wasn't roommates with Christopher Reeve at one point. Robin Williams was. Yeah. So Robin Williams has technically been roommates with Batman and Superman. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> and so you had the Batman series, and then you had his appearances on the Superman series, and then we had Justice League, and then we had Justice League Unlimited, and then we had Batman Beyond. And new adventures of Batman, and he did the voice in you know, video games and in other cartoon series, and brought back like he's portrayed Batman more than anyone else, any other actor, and been the voice of Batman for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, um, when people say, What's the best Joker? and someone says, Mark Hamill, it's kind of tongue in cheek in a way, you know, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's like, in a way, it's like people saying that uh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, you know, it's like, you're, you're kind of goofing around, too, by saying it. Yeah. But, having Conroe like, that's a legit argument for a lot of people that is Batman. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the, the voice, the voice thing, I never saw, because the Christian Bale one really drives me nuts, the and and Ben Affleck really does for it too that like gravelly you know Martha and all that crap. Yep. But Kevin Conroy the way he hit his difference with Batman and Bruce Wayne it's more like um when a teenage boy is on the phone with a girl for the first time and and you do that softer voice like that's his Bruce Wayne voice but then Batman has the more confident voice. Yep. And neither are really fake. It's just the appropriate tone and inflection and gravitas depending on who you're talking to. You know, whereas the other people just go over the top with the difference for it. Yep. Um, also, you, you know, you mentioned the sitcom. Uh, he was, you know, it, it didn't really come into play with Batman. And, and honestly, most of us didn't give a shit when we did find out later. But he was an out man, and it sounds like he did not get a lot of work at the time because of that reason. But doing voiceover, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. And then that ended up giving him this whole career, which did lead to more acting jobs. But it sounds like previous to him landing the Batman deal, he was really struggling because he was an out gay man and people didn't like certain people didn't like that. Yeah. So, you know, you're and, and, and there's certain there's certain segment of comic fandom that we're all aware of. That, you know, it's kinda of funny. Your iconic Batman was a gay man. How do you all feel about that one? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's, it, he, he and, it, look- and that's too bad, you know, cause I know like, uh, you know, for example, for, for Star Trek, uh, George Takai for years, you know, lived in the closet until I think it was like 2004 yeah. or five, you know, when he finally came out on the Howard Stern show, uh, for that reason. Like he would, you know, he knew that, you know, as a gay man, he would be, um uh, not given certain roles, right? Mm-hmm. and, and it, it's sad that you know like that's the way the world was um he did ha- he did go to juilliard uh on a, on scholarship yep. and he was on broadway and during the 80s he get did guest spots on a number of shows including matlock and cheers and held recurring parts on dynasty and tour of duty um yeah so and yeah he he was uh he wrote a batman story i Um, probably yeah yeah. um for uh the this year for the when they did their um their pride uh month or issue or whatever it was yeah uh oh yeah here it is earlier this year connor even ventured into batman's original medium comics pending the autobiographical issue finding batman for dc pride 2022 In the issue, Conroy opened up about his difficult childhood and experience as a gay man, both growing up in an extremely religious household and then navigating an industry that was often still hostile to homosexuality. He also wrote about how those experiences actually perfectly prepared him for the role that would define his career. In the final panel of the comic, Conroy wrote, My heart pulsed. I felt my face flush. My breath grew deeper. I began to speak, and a voice I didn't recognize came out, and it was throaty, husky, rumbly sound that shook my body. It seemed to roar from 30 years of frustration, confusion, denial, love, yearning. Yes, I can relate. Yes, this is terrain I know know well. I felt Batman rising from deep within. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. And yeah, like his, his death has had, you know, not a lot of people have commented, like, of course, Mark Hamill, him and Mark Hamill were really good friends. And, and it, it, you know, it, it, it's sad. Like I seen today, and it really made me sad. I seen a picture of, of uh, Kevin Conroy and Adam West together. And it's like, oh, ah, yeah. you know, uh, the, you know, two of my favorite, you know, Batman gone you know um but yeah it's uh you know very sad to lose kevin conroy he will be missed for sure uh kevin do you have anything else for for the the new segment um
2: i mean i mean just to bring it down even more here <laughs> yeah uh w- we had another comic-related death. Uh, Kevin O'Neill, who was the artist for *A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen*.
1: Oh right, I heard. On oh, man, yes, yeah. I. I, it was, I mean, it
2: was, it was a bad couple of weeks for comic-related things. It,
1: it's been a bad year for for that's true for comics for for you know pop culture in general. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, great British artist, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's most famous one, but he did a ton of work for uh, Two Thousand AD in England. Uh, Marshall drew martial law, like lots of really cool stuff. And and for any for any listeners, if you saw the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie and thought that's not for me, that's not for anyone, and the comic is fantastic, mm-hmm. you, give give that another look, especially with his art in it too. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. I would actually, it, it, it's tougher to find in the U.S. just because of what is and isn't reprinted here. But if you're able to find his martial law, the best example I can give for it is it was someone doing the boys before the boys existed with this, you know, twisted look at superheroes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and the the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie, just uh, to go on a quick tangent, a lot of people don't like it, but I I liked it, uh, I didn't mind it, you know, um, it wasn't I, as, it wasn't as good I as had, comic,
2: they, book. right? And and I think that's the thing because I had been so invested in, and enjoyed the comic so much, um, I had issues with the movie. Now if I hadn't read the comic at all. Oh, i would have thought the movie was fine you know it perfectly fine for what it is it's not you know gonna win a ton of awards but it's good for what it's you know it does its job but because i'd read the book i was disappointed um same thing to we're jumping here but wanted the graphic novel is just so good and such a look at you know if there's no heroes in the book at all. It's super villains, and then against worse supervillains. And it's really fascinating. Like they're all terrible people, but there's some that are just even too terrible for them. So there's the separation between like, listen, I'm a horrible criminal, but you're even worse. So I guess I, I'm the hero of the story now because you're worse than I am. And then the movie is like, Oh, okay. Here's this, cool bending bullets movement and the future and everything and it's got nothing to do with superheroes at all. Yeah. And it's a fine action movie. It does its job, but I'm like, this is nothing like the comic at all, and I'm disappointed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um so I wanted to add somebody to the In Memoriam segment because, you know, twenty twenty two I don't know if I mentioned him the last time we did Geek Fallout Reloaded, but uh, uh, actor Leslie Jordan passed away. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, he's an American actor, com- comedian, writer, and singer. Uh, he's probably best known for playing Beverly Leslie on Will and Grace. Uh, he was on American Horror Story, uh, but I remember him best. Uh, as being on the T- uh, David E Kelly series uh, as a guest star for a couple seasons um, Boston legal um, and I remember uh, Betty White's character being the one that that kills him. She hits him over the head with a frying pan. Um, I remember just being in shock about that when that happened. Um, but he he became like a like an internet. Celebrity during uh, the uh, COVID 19 pandemic because he did a uh, he was doing Instagram videos um, and he amassed 5.8 million followers in 2020. And uh, I was actually just talking about him last night uh, to my mom because my mom loves this guy. And I, I and for Christmas, I bought her his autobiography, uh, which I actually yeah. gave actually gave to her yesterday because she, she kept talking about it. I'm like, well, you might as well have your Christmas gift now. And, um, uh, cause I, you know, I just had this feeling if I don't give it to her, she's going to order it. And then it, you know, it's going to be ruined. Um, so I, I gave it to her early, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, died October 24th. Um, uh, he uh, is believed to have experienced a medical episode which led to a car crash um, and he drove into to the side of a building and he was pronounced dead at the scene he was sixty seven years old um, yeah he 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 was a, he was a great actor too i I, I really enjoyed him um, but yeah twenty twenty two is just uh, it has been a good year for for people uh, passing away, unfortunately. But I guess, you know, like, I mean, it is life, and maybe it's just because we're getting older, you know, like, we're seeing it more. I, I don't know. Plus, plus, we live in the Internet age, you know. Like, it used to be like you would see an actor, and you'd be like, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. And then you look it up and find out he died, like, 20 years ago. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, whereas like twenty years ago, if we had you know social media, it would have popped up on our Facebook feeds and our Twitter and all that kind of stuff. you know, like that like it does now um, but anyway you
0: know, that,
2: uh, no, that's that's a really good point because we're we get everything immediate now mm-hmm. that we do learn that stuff. but yeah, I mean, I, I remember when I was younger. You know, you're watching a movie and, oh, what happened to this person? What happened to that person? You'd look it up and, you know, they died a couple of years earlier or whatever. Yeah. And or, or, uh, remember when, you know, when it mattered, Stone, we'd all be watching the Oscars and they would show the In Memoriam and you're thinking right. oh, you had no idea that person died, too. Yep. You know, but yeah, now, now we're,
1: we find out before the family does half the time. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but Kev, did you have anything else you wanted to add to the to the in the news and in memoriam segment? God, I feel like I should come up with something positive. here. <laughs> well, that's okay. We can <laughs> move. We, we can move yeah. on to brain candy. I'm sure. I'm sure brain candy will be a little okay, bit more positive. Okay. Uh, so this is the segment, yeah. uh, dear listener, where we talk about things that we're reading, uh, watching, listening to. And uh, we make it a pick or a pan. So, Kevin, what do, what do you got this week for us for Brain Candy?
2: All right. Um, I got a couple of things I could pick. Uh, the first one I'll go with, I read all nine volumes collecting the James Tinian comic book series, The Woods. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah, James Tinian's known. Uh, he He's had a good run on Batman. Yep. Um, he does something is killing the children. Nice house on the lake. House of slaughter. And the woods was before all of that. Okay. It it was with, uh, I want to say, I want to say boom. I think boom. Yeah. Studios. I could be wrong. Um, so, uh, nine volumes. Um, there's about four books per volume. So yeah, it's about 36 issues. Um, there's some time jumps in and everything there's some stuff that I, i'm so glad i was reading it in a chunk because if i was waiting a month in between issues or, or more mm-hmm. i think i would have lost the story yeah um just you know because there are jumps and there's a huge cast the the first couple pages you know your your elevator pitch your intro is a high school just out of nowhere disappears from earth and reappears on an alien moon. So everyone that was in the high school at the time, all the students, all the teachers, all the support staff, just appear on this other moon. And now they have to figure out where they are, how to survive, what's going on, how they got there, the mysteries of this world. You know, uh, everything wants to kill us and eat us. Mm-hmm. And what do we do from here? And the first volume, I thought, ah, eh, it's interesting, but I'm not really sold Well, the first volume is we're getting it's only four issues. We're getting everything on the table here. Yeah. And then once everything's set up, that second collection starts running. I'm like, oh, okay, we're we got something happening here. And I I am fine with stories changing and adjusting as people write them. I'm well aware that frequently writers are trying to tell a story and they go, oh, I had no idea the story was going here, but the characters told me where the story was going as I was writing it. Yeah. You know, it's not what I had planned at first, but it's where the story took me. But they still overall know what their story is going to be. Then you got, like, the lost creators or the showrunners for the for Game of Thrones there that just didn't have a clue what they were doing. Yeah. Caught light, caught lightning once accidentally and then had to admit we don't know what we're doing and we have no end point here yep. no the woods and pinion every bit of it is so plotted out and everything mattered I'm like this is awesome you knew the story you were telling from the start and every, stuff that I you know I'm like why are we wasting our time here it all matters it all ties in mm-hmm. it was so well crafted absolutely loved it could very easily be a tv show and i think people would go crazy for it um you know do do a season then have a time jump do another season have a time jump for for the story here Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't jump far jumps ahead like a year you know in between stuff and you're like oh okay uh here's where everyone is now all right cool let's keep going here yeah but god it was so good i'm i'm trying very hard to get through you know all the all the graphic novels that I should have read (laughs) long long ago. Yep. So yeah, I got through I got through the boys last month. I got through the woods this month. I pulled out all of my Sandman collections. I'm gonna try to get through that finally. Mm -hmm. Yep. Excellent. And then oh hey there's one. Uh the Netflix Sandman show got a
1: season two officially. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah. I still got to finish season yeah, one. Yeah, I me mean, no problem. Uh,
2: well, that's my thing. I've never. I've, uh, I I admit it. I, I'm slacking. Me too. I've never read all. of... Well, I've never read all of the series either. Yeah. So, it has been said to me, if I'm doing this for the first time, it's going to be better to read the entire series and then go to the Netflix show, and not have the Netflix show spoil stuff in the comic for me. I should read the whole comic first. Yep. And then worry about the TV show. So that's what I'm gonna do. I have probably two thirds of it at home. The rest I can get through work.
1: Yeah, and that was part of my geek resolutions too, was um, because not only do you have the comic books, which, which I, I, I when comicsology still worked, uh, I bought <laughs> the whole series um, at, at one time. And I mean, I still have access to them, so it's I'm still reading them digitally. But I ha, you know, it's, I haven't got back to it in a while. I've finished, I finished. I think I'm on episode four of, of the Netflix series. It's still it's good. It's just I've had so many other things coming up that I didn't have a, You know, I haven't had a chance to go back. Um, and then the Audible does those uh, Sandman. Uh, oh, yep. Uh, yep. You know, radio dramas, and they're awesome. Um, and there's a you know, a third one just came out, and I and I'm still on the first one. Um, so yeah, I, I got to get on that. You know, like it it is a great uh, series uh, overall. Um, but yeah, that's part of my geek resolutions, and you know, it's getting towards the end of the year. But. Um, <laughs> So, uh, did you have anything else, Kevin, before I ramble on?
2: Um, well, Lillian's not here, um, but it turns out both of us with our respective children Mm -hmm. watched the new, um, Super Sons movie, which is the, uh, cartoon movie of the first team up for Damian Wayne as Robin and Jonathan Kent as Superboy. Yep. It's so much fun. So much fun. I loved it. My kid loved it. We were going nuts for it. Um, Those two as teenage best friends and continuing the Superman Batman legacy is amazing. I think that's one of the best dynamics in all of comics now. And this cartoon just brings it home, you know, in a new way. and. I'm sure Lillian probably agrees Mike and I are like they have to do more of these movies they have to do more of these two together it's it, the chemistry everything for the story so I, I grabbed him uh, through work I grabbed every super Sons comic I could find so we can start reading those soon too
1: yeah awesome um well speaking of I got our... I got what Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say
2: um, I'm, I'm just throwing doubt there. Maybe we'll come back to it. I I don't know if you've done it or not. Uh, I have seen Wakanda Forever. I don't know if you have or not. If no, so, I haven't. we could discuss if not. We
1: could wait till a future. Okay, I was gonna say if not, we can wait for a future episode. But but what are you thinking? Like just give, give me give me your your uh, spoiler free uh, impression. Okay, I'm, I'm
2: assuming you've seen trailers for the movie. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. And and you live in the real world so you're where Chadwick Boseman died. You yes, know? yeah. Um, the movie, it's the second Black Panther movie, but it has to act like the, it has to be the first movie and the second movie though, mm-hmm. because of Chadwick Boseman dying. Yeah, you need to set up everything all over again so you have a main character again. But it's a sequel, so you need to expand on what you did in the first movie and set up your new threat, plus the tie-ins to the larger Marvel Universe and where the story goes next. So the movie's trying to do too much for one movie, honestly. There's so much crammed in there that I don't think it can support the weight of what it has to do. But all that said, by the time the movie ended, I'm like, okay, I know where this is going. I know what Marvel movies are coming next. So I think I know where the story progressing. And it as its own chapter, like we were mentioning earlier with Death of Superman. This is a chapter. This is not the full story. Once the full story is out, I might think differently about this chapter. But coming out of it, though, the movie has to do so much that it feels overburdened. Yeah. It's still fun. It's still good. I still had a blast watching it. There's still so many cool things. But it's like you know, um, Superman under a crumbling building trying to hold the while Everyone's running out from underneath. Like it's trying to support so much above it that you're worried about it collapsing under its own weight throughout the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a chance yet, but I mean, I've seen other reviews and and so on and so forth. Um, I'm not a big fan of the name or changes. How how do you feel about them? Did did it work? Or I, they don't call them name or they call them namor namora or something? They they give it,
2: they throw a little
1: accent on it. Yeah. Now, and, and they make him old.
2: They make him, you know, that he's been around forever. Oh, okay. Now, Namor as part of your I, I'm guessing, and, and apologies, uh, I'm not saying anything to offend. I'm just, I'm a dumb American. I'm trying my best hmm. to know stuff. But Namor with, like, and it's in the trailer, that, like, Polynesian look, and, yep. and style, and everything, shit that makes a ton of sense. If you're from an underwater kingdom, chances are you'd be influenced by these people's culture, yep. or you were once a part of their culture. It's the same with um, Aquaman, the Jason Momoa one, looking like he's got like the Samoan tribal tattoos and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. If there's an Aquaman, that would make a hell of a lot of sense that he'd be influenced. Or part of that culture that works, so Namor with that look, I'm like, that makes a ton of sense, and that's very cool, and I'm digging it. When he's saying, okay, here here's my name within my culture, but here's what other people have called me, and he throws a little accent on it, you're like, oh, that's cool. And I mean, Namor was just Stan Lee. Well, not, shit, not Stan Lee, because Namor was yeah the fr- or, you know, nineteen thirty nine. Yep. Um, name was just you know whoever was there at the time spelling Roman backwards. Yep, that's all that it was. It meant nothing else. Yep. In yep. in kind of forever, them giving a reason for the name, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's been sitting here for you know almost a shit like 90, 85 years probably. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a little off on my dates. But let's say Namor's been around 80, 85 years, and he's just been Namor or Submariner. And you throw this backstory and a little accent on it and give another reason for his name. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's been there the whole time, and no one grabbed that until now. And that's perfect. It was one of my favorite parts of the movie him giving his little speech and telling his name and, and the reason behind his name. Hmm. Oh, I thought it was so, so cool. I'm like that just makes it, it badass. Instead of we took a pre-existing word and did it backwards, okay. like that's nothing. Yeah, but the, the the spin they did on them, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm also um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I I will help people with with Marvel with maybe being the comic person is I explain. Marvel makes movies with superheroes. They don't make superhero movies. And what I mean is, they make a spy movie with superheroes. They make a horror movie with superheroes. And that's the difference. They're making a good movie first in whatever genre it is, and then sprinkling superheroes on top. Yeah. I don't know for sure yet what Black Panther, what Wakanda Forever is with superheroes. I have a feeling, and I think I know what you know, what genre, what type of movie I would put it in. But I also don't think I'll know for sure until the rest of the story comes out. But I, okay. I think I know what they were going for.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I did
2: love the hell out of it.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah, like I I, I fully intend to see it at some point. Um, I just uh, unfortunately haven't had a chance yet. Um. But one another thing I wanted to ask you, Kev, is one of the debates going on is they people seem to think they should have just recast Black Panther, um, you know, in the same way that they recast Rhodey, uh, they recast, or they are recasting Thunderbolt Ross with Harrison Ford now, uh, since uh, uh, William Hurt passed away. Um of course, you know, probably the biggest one in, in, uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was uh, Mark Ruffalo replacing Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Do you think this movie would have been better with, a, with someone else playing uh, T'Challa? Or do you think that they did the right thing?
2: The first Black Panther movie was more than a movie. For a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And Chadwick Boseman was a big part of making that more than a movie. Yep. Um, and, and some of the other acting changes, they change actress, but the original actress didn't die. Now, the one who William Hurt did, but he didn't change people's lives with his portrayal. Yeah. You know, there, there for a lot of people, there was something special about what Chadwick Boseman did. Yep. Now, if like if at the end of the first movie they hadn't killed off Killmonger and he was still alive, I would have been like, alright, have him have a change of heart of some sort and become a heroic Black Panther. But you killed him off though, so what are you gonna do now? Yeah. If you had, you know, oh, um, there were two actors that we were debating on when we went with Chadwick, but this other pick was was you know, it was one A and one B, and he would have been just as good and just as iconic and everything. Then sure yeah. maybe, but he just was such a part of that role. I think they had to. Uh, it, if Christopher Nolan made more Batman movies, you know, or or if the, that Batman was part of a franchise like Marvel. They would have,
0: ne-
2: they would never have recast Joker. Yeah, from the Heath Ledger one. Yeah. Now, yeah. later on, we got the Jared Leto one for better or for worse, hmm. but it was a different universe, a different story, different everything for it. You know. So yeah. now it's like, okay, we've we've done it once, we can do it again. Yeah, we got Joaquin Phoenix, we got other versions here, but if the if the Nolan Batman ones were part of a bigger shared universe that Joker was so big that once he died, that was it. They would have never recast him. Mm-hmm. Now, I think with what we're assuming for multiverse and time travel and all sorts of stuff that are coming over the next five years, I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get a recast, a reboot, uh, you know, Black Panther from another era or or universe. Like, something's going to happen. We're going to have... Yep a version of T'Challa again. I'm sure of it. But I think right now, before we get to all that stuff, this is probably the best way to do it. And they do work it very well into the story.
1: Yeah, um, I was, I was going to ask, um, because, uh, spoil you know, spoiler, but I mean, um, I haven't seen it, but I, I've heard this, um, that his character you know uh dies uh off screen but in f- due to a virus how do you think that was handled that was was that okay or i kind of like personally like when 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 he passed away in real life i was of the opinion that they should have his character also have died from cancer and and that's just true to life you know people die of cancer you know, it doesn't matter if you're a superhero or not. You know, um, how 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 do you feel about that? Do you like their in-universe explanation, or do you think they should have just said, like, you know, like the actor he he got, he died of cancer?
2: So it's.
1: Do you know the Chekhov's gun thing? Yeah. Um,
2: it, it, if someone's going to use a gun, then introduce it in the first couple pages of the story. Okay, yeah. You know, so this is sort of the opposite of it. All right. If he's not going to be able to be a part of the movie, then let's get him off the screen as soon as we can. Yeah. So they open up with it. You know, you as the audience. OK, we all know what happened. We all know his dead. Let's acknowledge it instantly. Get it off the table and get moving with our movie. OK. And, and And not that they don't bring up his death again, but just like let's address the elephant in the room and then escort the elephant out of the room. Um, now you said it's, uh, the things you were seeing were a virus. And I, I ended up seeing the first hour twice because mm-hmm. our theater lost power. Oh. <laughs> so we ended up going back in, uh, two days later to finish the movie. Yeah. But, um, during the second time, I was paying more attention to it. They never really say what it is. Shuri's in a lab, uh, with all of her computers trying to find some way to, fix dna rearrange things and all hmm. so honestly with it being dna and stuff it could still be cancer they never really say what it is they just say oh. that there's something something going on and she's trying everything in the lab to try to you know is there something we can create is there something we can give him okay okay computer show me his dna and then if i add this what does it do oh it's there's percent chance i'd be successful okay not good enough alright, instead of doing this, what if I did that? Oh, there's a 25% chance that's successful. Okay, still not good enough. You know, she's, like, arranging all this DNA for stuff to see what could possibly work. Yep. um, To help him. And whether or not, uh, because there's stuff later on in the movie, and I'll say what DNA she was rearranging, what chemical composition is up maybe up for debate either way it was to save him but they don't flat out say it's a virus it's cancer it's you know um bitten by a mosquito like what you they don't say anything for what it is yeah it's just this is far gone he's dying he's trying everything she can to try to come up with some sort of cure
1: okay yeah uh, it was um one of the reviewers I was watching was saying that they said it was a virus, and so that's ah, kind of just what I was. I like I said, I haven't watched it yet, but
2: yeah, I, I don't,
1: I don't think they specifically said virus. Again, I mean, I could have missed that part, but but either either like way, huge... they don't they don't come right out and say cancer, but but it still works. They don't say cancer, no. Okay. Oh,
2: absolutely worked. Yeah.
1: Um. Because, yeah, like like I said, I was, you know, I always thought, you know, if they're, you know, like, pe- pe- you know, like, we all have been affected by cancer in some way, like all of us, um, whether it's a friend or family member, um, whether they lived or died. Um, so to, for, you know, a, a comic book character to get cancer and pass away from it, to me, just makes sense, you know, like it, it would happen just as likely as anyone else, right? Yeah. You know, but anyway.
2: I mean, I mean, in theory, with a with the world with Tony Stark, you would think that they've got some sort of cure or help for cancer. hmm You would think, but that's, you know, that's one of those things we don't really address in superhero movies or comics. That yep. Yep. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they have the Cancerverse in Marvel, but that's a whole different thing. But, anywho, uh, did you have anything else, Kev, you wanted to throw out there? Um, let me see.
2: To that, to that. Um, I don't think so. I read a terrible wrestling book, but
1: it was terrible. There's no reason <laughs> to
2: discuss it. it was
1: terrible. <laughs> Alright. Well, I, I was going to throw out there because you had mentioned Lillian. Uh, so I'll mention Ragnar. Ragnar's been messaging me uh, lately. And his recommendation is uh, the Star Trek animated series, Lower Decks. Um, okay. he, he keeps telling me, Chris, you'll like it. Trust me. Like, Because, you know, Ragnar and I are pretty much of the same opinion we don't really like new star trek projects that much um but he said like this is like it's totally out of canon it's you know like they're not trying to make it part of any kind of star trek continuity um i know they get good voice actors like i think he said on the most recent episode the the character from deep space nine talks on it um I know they've had uh, Major Kira. They went to Deep Space Nine. They had Major Kira. They had Quark. Uh, the, none of us are Armin Shimmerman. Uh, I know last season they had Riker and Troy on an episode or two. Um, it's kind of uh, you know like if uh, like if uh, Star Trek took place in like a Rick and Morty type of setting. Um, where everything's kind of goofy and and doesn't make sense, but it seems familiar. It has some spec, you know, the same sound. They use the same sound effects. They uh, go to like yeah, they went to Deep Space Nine and all that kind of stuff. So Ragnar's been highly recommending this for me to check it out. So I'm gonna check it out. Um, it's animated. It's it's not meant to be uh, an actual uh, Star Trek series. It's supposed to be a you know like a like a goofy parody so yeah that that, it does sound right up my alley so I'll definitely check it out um and that that's that's Ragnar's recommendation uh for myself this week I got a few uh the new season of of Yellowstone uh just dropped I haven't watched the the episodes yet because I think it was two episodes that came out I love Yellowstone uh, but in Canada, previously Yellowstone was available on uh, Amazon Prime because in Canada we didn't have Paramount Plus. But in the last couple of years, Paramount Plus, the app and, and, and all that have come to Canada. So now with this new season of Yellowstone, I have to subscribe to Paramount Plus in order to watch it, which sucks because um, it's another streaming service that you know I'm I'm paying for too many already but I love the show so I'm going to do it and then also there's another series that's uh from the same creator of Yellowstone uh, it's called Tulsa King it's it's a mafia series with Sylvester Stallone in Tulsa, Oklahoma um huh. <clears throat> so I'm I'm going to check it out so I'll I'll be reporting on, on those in in future episodes I did binge-watch, uh, The Crown Season 5. Uh, so, for those who don't know, this is the TV series that, uh, shows the life and times of Queen Elizabeth and her family. The first couple seasons, you know, like, each season is like a decade of her reign, pretty much, you know, or give or take. Um, so the first couple seasons they had, uh, you know, Matt Smith was, uh, Prince Philip, uh, Claire, F- Claire Foy was uh, Queen Elizabeth. Um, John Lithgow was Winston Churchill. They, you know, they had a number of different uh, actors on there, and then seasons three and four, we had uh, Helen, bon- Helen bon- Bonham Carter. Is that her name? Or Botham um, Carter? Bonham okay. Carter. Bonham Carter. Yeah, uh, Tim Burton's uh, uh, muse. Uh, she was Princess Margaret, uh, in those, uh, seasons. Last season, they introduced, uh, Princess Di, um, in season four. And, uh, who else did they have? Uh, they had, oh, what, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who played the queen, uh, for season three and four. Olivia Colman. Um... So, this season, we have a new cast of characters. New cast, but same characters. Uh, so the guy, um... Oh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Um... The guy who played the High Sparrow in Game of Thrones plays Prince Philip. He's a great actor. I love him. He was in Two Popes, uh, the Netflix movie. Um... Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, The lady who, like, I don't know if you remember uh, the Harry Potter films, uh, the fifth one, The Order of the Phoenix, there was that Master of the Dark Arts teacher. She was, like, that little lady with with the pink suit. Oh, uh,
2: Dolores Umbridge.
1: Yes, but she was, like, a super bitch. She's, that actress uh, is playing Queen Elizabeth, and she's phenomenal. Okay. Um, Yeah, like, it's such a good cast. Um, The only one that kind of throws me off... Well, actually, a couple of them. Um, The lady that plays Princess Di, I think, is, like, too skinny. Um, Like, I know Princess Di was skinny, but this lady seems skinnier. Um, But, man, you know, does she have her mannerisms? Like, she, you know, like, when they do a side-by-side comparison with, like, when she's doing... Um, her interview with uh, Martin Bashir, um, it, it looks exactly the same. Like like she did such a phenomenal job, and and the way she tilts her head and and looks and and so on and so forth, she she looks very much like Princess Di. But I'm I'm just sometimes when um they do these cast changes, I have a hard time. Gravitating to the new actors. And I really like the actress who played Princess Die in season four. Um, I think she was absolutely fantastic. So, um, but the, you know, this actress was also good. And she grew on me. Um, and also, oh, uh, what's his name? Um, he, uh, Dominic West. He was in, um, uh, the affair, the the Showtime series, and he was also in. Oh, uh, it was an HBO series, The Wire. He he was in The Wire. Um, he plays Prince Charles. And again, I he's almost like too handsome to be Prince Charles because, you know, Prince Charles, I you know, just my opinion. I don't I don't think he's the most handsome guy. And he, and he also has, like, those car door ears, like, the ears that stick out. Um, and, and Dominic West does not have that. Like, he's, he's just too handsome to play Prince Charles. Uh, but, again, some of his mannerisms are very much Charles. And when he's, like, when you see him from behind, because you're not seeing him, you know, straight on, when you don't see his face, he like he he looks like Prince Charles from from behind like you know like his silhouette it, it, he he really does look like Charles that way but he did a good job um so if you and usually um like the, I remember when they first did this with season three when they when they changed the cast I found it very jarring. But you, but the stories and and the actors are so good that you just kind of fall into it and you kind of forget, um, you know that these are uh, different actors playing the same characters. Um, so for this season, it's it's very much the same, you know, like they all cut, you know, you just kind of fall into it and these are the, going to be the same actors that are going to be there for season six, which is the last season, um. So no, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I mean, this is real life, so we all know. Uh, this season, we do not see the death of Princess Di. So that's going to be a big moment in the final season. Um, and I kind of wonder if they're going to lead up to the death of the Queen. And, you know, if, if they're going to have it uh, go that far. And the death, of course, of Prince Philip and princess margaret and the queen mother and um and all that and i imagine they'll probably have different actors playing um william and uh harry because like in this uh season they're they're a lot younger um so i could see them being recast going forward uh, which does happen with like the younger royals like i know prince charles like a number of different actors played him between season 1 and uh, 2 and then they settled on a an adult version for season 3 and 4 but yeah like i said i i binged this the the series or the season fantastic i love the crown's great show highly recommend it if you're interested in all in the royals um Another one that I, I recommend is Andor. Um, a lot of people aren't talking about Andor. Um, and I think it's because it's, it came out the same time um, as House of the Dragon and um, the uh, Rings of Power. And I think people, after the Obi Wan Kenobi, like after the Boba Fett series and then um, Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, people were a little soured, I guess, to um, Star Wars television. And I don't think some people were giving Andor a chance. And it is a slow burn. I'm not going to say, like, it's full of action, it's this, it's that. It's a slow burn. It's, it's you know, basically showing how the rebellion, you know, comes about. And it's not as easy as we might have thought. You know, it's very complicated, to organize a rebellion, um, you need money, you need uh, weapons, you need ships, um, and and the Empire um, is an imperial state. You know, like they're like they they are um, pushing down hard on the people. Uh, so it is a slow burn but it its it's great it, it it's worth it it's a good it's a good uh spy uh series um great cast um i, I haven't seen this week's episode but uh, i know last week's was a heartbreaker um it you know like in game of Thrones we had the you know the the episode where uh the the we find we find out what uh Hodor's been saying all these years, you, you know where that oh, came yep. where that came from, and and how heartbreaking that was. Uh, there's a similar moment with Andy Serkis because uh, he plays a character in the show, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was gut wrenching. But uh, yeah, Andor, and I and I love the little uh, nuances that this show has. Like we we get to see Coruscant which we never saw during the original uh, trilogy except for, you know, like at the, you know, the remastered, you know, end of Return of the Jedi. But we've never seen Coruscant uh, following uh, the prequel trilogy. So, like, this Coruscant, you, like, the like, first thing I noticed was, like, there isn't as much vehicle traffic. Like, you don't, you know, like, you have, like, the... The sky lanes, you got all the, you know, all these flying cars and stuff. But it just seemed like in the prequels, Coruscant was such a a more busier place. And then you realize there isn't isn't a lot of aliens on Coruscant in the show. And it's like, oh, maybe... First, My first thought was, oh, maybe it's budget. But then it's like, no. the, The Empire is racist. You know, like, they are very xenophobic. They're a xenophobic organization. Um... That's why you don't see aliens as imperial soldiers uh, or officers, except for Grand Admiral Thrawn, um,
2: which was addressed in his story too, I believe.
1: Yes. That yeah.
2: Despite him being an alien, he still rose up because he was just that.
1: That good. good. yep. So on on this show, you notice real quickly there isn't a there isn't a lot of aliens on Coruscant. And, B, there isn't a lot of droids, because this is following the Clone Wars, where droids were used as soldiers uh, for the Separatists. And, you know, like, droids are kind of frowned upon, in a way. Like, they're not as, as widely used as they used to be. And they actually use humans for some jobs that you would think they would use. Why don't they use droids? But it's because they don't trust droids anymore. So that that was an interesting take, um, and also we get to see the Senate Chamber, which I was like, "Wow, th- like this is awesome," uh, but then you realize it's almost empty; like, there is hardly anyone there, um, and they're like, in the, you see the Emperor's uh, pew or whatever you want to call it, uh, where where you know Ch- you know Palpatine would have been there with his aides, and they would have been addressing the Senate, but they're not there because they don't care. Um, so fingers crossed, I'm hoping we get to see Palpatine because, you know, like there are mentions, you know, like some of the Imperials will say, you know, like the one uh, ISB Imperial guy was like, yeah, I just, uh, I had a meeting with the Emperor yesterday and it's like, Ooh, really? I want to see that. You know, I want, I want to see, I want to see Palpatine, uh, not as, you know, your maniacal, you know, late lightning, um, from his fingertips, bad guy. I just want to see him just as a as a politician and and a dictator. You know that's a side of him that we haven't really seen. Like we've seen the the evil version and, and and you know him, you know everyone you know assembling and saluting him and all that kind of stuff, but we haven't seen like him sitting there yelling at his guys. I want to see that. I want I want to see that. Uh, you know that that. Hitler moment, you know, you know, like that. I, I don't even know what movie it is, but that movie where Hitler's like yelling at everybody. I want to see Palpatine yelling yeah, at they, people.
2: That had all the memes
1: a few years yes, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see that, but with Palpatine. So yeah, it, it's a slow burn, but it's it's really a good show. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, and last but not least, I um, bought a book and an audiobook Called "The Rise of the Dragon" Part One, and this is about the Targaryens um, and their history. So George R. R. Martin uh, came out with this new book, and it's mostly you know, like if you buy the book, uh, it's mostly uh, paintings and and stuff depicting what the story is for the book. Uh, and it's and it's not a new story. It's like we we know about the Targaryen history from before, but these are new pictures. Uh, and the audiobook's only like six hours long. So it's 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 a short um, book. And like I said, it doesn't really reveal anything new. Uh, it's just visually um, you're seeing new pictures uh for, for the that go along with the, the story of from Aegon to um, after the Dance of Dragons. So like the first like two hundred years I wanna say of uh, of the Targaryen rule. Um but the audiobook is you know like it's more of a, it's like uh a, a compressed version of uh of the book Fire and Blood. So instead of like a 18 hour audiobook, it's a six hour audiobook. It's just giving you the the PowerPoints. Um and it's great. I, I love it. I can't get enough of uh this world that George R. R. Martin's created. You know, Host the Dragon kind of brought it back for me. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love that universe. Well, uh, that is all I have this week for brain candy. Uh, so I think we can call this an episode, Kev, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Kevin, where can we find you? All
2: right. You can find me on most social medias and as of recording still on Twitter as well. At Mask the Library. Uh Mask Library.com is my home blog. And in addition to this podcast, uh I do appear on podcasts and YouTube and occasional articles over at the Retro Network.
1: Excellent. Um you can find me here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. Uh like I said, in a couple of weeks we will be recording an episode of the Pop Culture Pub uh called Conspiracy Theories. More conspiracy theories. Um uh, we didn't do that this week because you know we had some scheduling conflicts. So uh, we are still planning on doing that topic. And then, of course, uh, coming up in December, we'll have the Chris Locker Christmas special. So I got to get working on that on what we're going to talk about Christmas-related um, because tis the season. It is fast approaching, and I'm very proud of myself. I got to say because I've got most of my Christmas shopping done, which normally does not happen this early in the season but i i but i jumped the gun i was like you know i gotta get this done you know take it up you know paycheck at a time and and that sort of thing uh and uh trek 1701 uh we are planning an episode it's just a matter getting everyone's schedules in alignment um uh so that is you know we are doing Uh, future episodes we are going to be talking about Star Trek Voyager in 2023 so be on the lookout for that alright well on behalf of myself Chris Lockhart and my co-host this evening Mr. Kevin Decent I want to thank you dear listener for taking the time to listen to Geek Follow Reloaded the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks and we will see you again in the not too distant future